Welcome back to New Rockstar, Spider-Man No Way Home's second trailer is likely coming soon and we've just got new details from the set that have hinted that Peter Parker could leave this universe forever but it's not about where he leaves from, it's about where he is going and where we're going, we don't need thwips. What? Don't need thwips? Impossible. <laughs> I don't know what that means, I just wanted to sound cool. This is Inside Marvel, our weekly deep dive into the biggest Marvel news. I'm Eric Voss, I'm here with MT. How you doing, MT? I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good. Spider-Man coming soon, new trailer. Dude, I need it. I need it in my bloodstream. That first trailer wasn't enough. Not enough, never enough. <laughs> so this week on Inside Marvel, we're gonna be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home, the new stuff that we've learned, but also a bit later in the show, why did Marvel shift its 2022-2023 release schedule? We have answers. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you my non-spoiler review of Eternals because I was so fortunate to be invited to lucky see duck. the Lucky Duck. Look at that Lucky Duck the over there, everybody. He knows oh, too much. <laughs> super, I know too much. It's hard not to talk about, but, you know, it's not too hard to not freaking spoil the post-credit scenes. Right? What's wrong with you? Ugh. Do your best. It's a minefield out there. Don't it's get spoiled. Seriously, stay off Twitter if you can. Just stay Jesus off Christ. Twitter if you can. I think that's the only answer. I don't know how to how to avoid it at this point. Before we talk about all that, head on over to NewRockStarsMerch.com to grab yourself one of our latest obsession shirts inspired by Shang-Chi. Mm. Uh, these are limited edition supply shirts. Uh, we are serious about that. The shirts inspired by What If are already sold out. They're gone forever. So you better jump on this one quick if you can. And we're going to have some designs for Eternals coming out soon that mm. uh, I can't wait to announce with all you guys. <laughs> and the cool thing is if you buy one of these latest Obsession shirts, you'll get the option to write in a custom shout out that will run along the bottom of the screen during Inside Marvel. Let's see what we got here. Uh, hey, glad to finally catch up on some of your merch. This is from Rob. What if Venom briefly bonds with Peter in No Way Home? I personally don't think that will happen. I think that will happen in a future title. Um, I think there's just too much in No Way Home. I think a little I think a little bit of venom might bond onto Peter, but not the whole thing. Yeah. 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 I think they might like exist. There might be a sighting or a reference yeah. to him, but I don't think he's gonna like fuse to him or anything yeah. like that. Mark says, You helped my daughter discover her inner nerd and it's amazing. <laughs> Yay! I love hearing stuff like that. Hooray I for love your that. daughter. That's so sweet. Um Welcome, one of us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> And then Sean says the verticals of every axis in the multiverse meet at Gamma Delta 415. What? Uh, I hope. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's our, our big question this week, MT? Well, Eric, where is Spider-Man going after No Way Home? Yeah, so the cast of Spider-Man No Way Home just did an interview with Entertainment Weekly, which mm. historically tends to precede a trailer release. So oh. let's all be on the lookout for a Spider-Man No Way Home uh, second trailer. Now I'm paranoid, out. Eric. I'm paranoid. I know. I know. <laughs> I, me too, me too. But there was a lot of interesting quotes, but this one from Tom Holland stood out to me. He mm. said, we were all treating No Way Home as the end of a franchise, let's say. I think if we were lucky enough to dive into these characters again, you'd be seeing a very different version. It would no longer be the Homecoming trilogy. We would give it some time and try to build something different and tonally change the films. Mm. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. We were definitely treating No Way Home like it was coming to an end, and it felt like it. We've been making these films for five years now. We've had such an amazing relationship, the three of us. We've been with each other every step of the way. We've done every single film, every single press tour. So this one scene, we didn't know if this would be the last time we were all working together. 
So some interesting ideas there, right? The idea that the Homecoming trilogy is coming to an end, but perhaps a new trilogy going Ooh. forward or just a new series. But here's what we know for sure. Tom Holland has at least one more Spider-Man movie in his contract. Right. So back in September of 2019, Sony and Disney uh, came to that new contract that they were signing for how they were going to share the Spider-Man character. Mm. Uh, and that deal was for Tom to be in a third Sony Spider-Man title, and that's what No Way Home is. Right. And then, uh, in addition to that, he should appear in another big MCU crossover title like what Endgame and Infinity War and Civil War were. That may not be the case for Zendaya or Jacob Batalon. I think that's what he was saying. Like, we don't know if the three of us are going to be in yeah. one of these movies together again. Uh, but that might mean that Tom Holland's next Marvel role is going to separate him from this universe of friends and transport him somewhere else in the multiverse. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I see two directions of what this next big crossover film could be. I, I think in Tom Holland's mind, he hopes and would assume that Peter Parker will be exploring a series beyond that. But there is something else on the horizon. And I see that as one of two options. One, Avengers 5, which I think could be Secret Wars, like mm. transport them to Battle World. I think mm -hmm. that's the most exciting option I see. Hell yeah. You, you that, know it. That would involve multiversal incursions to get everyone someplace. Um, or it could be a bit more grounded and just remove Peter Parker from his world of characters and bring him in with the Fantastic Four. Because we know John Watts, after Spider-Man No Way Home, is going to be directing Fantastic Four for the MCU. And we know right. that is in pre-production. Mm. So, which one do you think is more likely? Do we think... And which one's more exciting? You know, I could make an argument in either case to see Peter Parker team up right. with, like, a younger Reed Richards. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And, like, I've been dying to see the dynamic between, between Peter Parker and Johnny Storm for so long because they would just get... I love their dynamic in the comics and, like, it would be hilarious in a Fantastic Four film. But in terms of, like, which one of these are more likely, I think that more likely a Fantastic Four team up. However... And a, a Secret Wars uh, appearance does seem more likely on a contractual basis. So on a narrative mm -hmm. basis, I feel like Fantastic Four, but on a contractual basis, Secret Wars, because like you said, with the multiverse and like in the this multiversal direction that Marvel is going. So I think that at the end of No Way Home, we're going to see Peter just be removed from his universe. And I think that we see Peter removed from his universe in the trailer. I think that that's, personally, I think that that's what's happening. Is, is oh, that, sure. Is that uh, Doctor Strange and Peter have moved themselves from the MCU to a MCU adjacent, uh, very similar universe where wild things are going to happen. And so I think at the end of this movie, Peter Parker and, you know, you're totally not in this movie, Andrew Garfield and, <laughs> and Tobey Maguire are probably might have their own trilogy of Spider-Verse multiversal films. And so, like, they're going to do their own thing in, the, in the, their Spider-Verse. And then we might get a new, like, Miles Morales in the MCU trilogy while they're off doing their own thing. So I think that for that final Peter Parker film um, that he has in his contract is going to be this huge multiversal event that is going to tie in everything from your, from your Lokis to whatever they're doing with, you know, the, the multiverse on the Ant-Man three side of things, everything's going to come together on um, the Spider-Verse, the Venomverse into this one huge Avengers secret wars scenario. But what do you what do you think? Yeah, I I think you're right. Um, uh, I'm very curious to see what John Watts is gonna do with Fantastic Four. Oh yes. Um, I I think Marvel would probably get more value out of having Peter Parker at the heart of a Secret Wars event because mm. Fantastic Four, you want them to be the stars of it. And any time you put Spider-Man in a movie, he is the star of that movie. <laughs> so one hundred percent. 
Right? And I would imagine that Avengers Secret Wars would be a ripe opportunity for Marvel mm. to use Peter Parker the way that they used Iron Man for Endgame, where mm. he was able to make the sacrifice play. Like, in Secret Wars, you could make uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, the star of that movie, mm-hmm. even though he's not in the title of it. It still <laughs> would kind of feel like a Spider-Man movie that he gets to be leading the charge of he could be the tip of that spear who ends up yeah. going out in this like heartbreaking way that we're all ready to say goodbye and then maybe he cameos in the future like that could be his i am spider-man moment you know mm, um sure. where he like saves us all and i think you're right i think miles morales in live action is really the future move for at least sony and i think marvel's gonna want to arrange some kind of deal where miles morales can exist in the mcu and interact with all those other characters they right. already kind of have that going with uh, Miles does technically exist in the MCU mm-hmm. with uh, with Donald Glover as Aaron Davis, his uncle Aaron, saying, mentioning that he has a nephew, Miles, somewhere. Which is um, a weird thing to bring up in conversation. I got a nephew that lives around here. Okay, I don't know you, yeah. but sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't like weapons because I got a nephew that lives around here. A little forced, but I was He's worth like, it. Yeah, like, we all got nephews, I was bro. like, ooh, yay! Yeah, so I don't care. Um, but yeah, so I think that would be... Uh, where I would hope Marvel goes. Mm. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, why not both, right? I right. would love I would love a Fantastic Four movie where even if we just see Johnny Storm at college and then like the roommate next door is making a lot of noise and he knocks on the door and Peter Parker goes, Oh, sorry, and the room is covered with webbing and he just <laughs> just a quick cameo. Like a quick like uh, you know, Evan Peters and Deadpool 2 style cameo. Yes, oh, that'd know? be so great. I love when um, they do stuff like that. I think that's where things are going, just because I don't I, it makes sense to me that there's going to be some scene in No Way Home where the three friends are kind of coming to an end because we can't just keep doing that forever as much as new rock stars would be happy to have that be the case, <laughs> you know? Um, but I, I think ultimately they're going to have to start to uh, evolve things and transform things. And yeah. here's our opportunity with the multiverse blowing open to go in completely new directions. Well, Eric, I got a question for you. How likely do you feel that a young Avengers situation could happen with, with Spider-Man because throughout this entire homecoming trilogy, it's always been like, Oh, you're the new Iron Man. You're the new, like you, who's going to lead the Avengers and all this stuff. So like, and we do have all of these young Avengers slowly assembling and the most experienced young Avengers, even though technically Spider-Man has never been a young Avenger in the comics, it is still Peter Parker. And like, I feel like yeah. it would make sense for him to lead this young Avengers team that, you know, in their original forming was very much in this multiversal timeline crossing thing with their interactions with Iron Lad, which is a younger version of Kang. So maybe we could see a multiversal little uh, Young Avengers movie or project with Peter Parker leading these Young Avengers through, I don't know, timelines and I don't know, just sort of making it sort of like a Spider-Verse, MCU multiverse adjacent project. Um, Yeah, I... as fun as that would be, and as logical as that seems to be, as him just being a younger character who is an Avenger, mm. I think uh, Peter Parker's too big of a title mm. to exist. Like he, I believe he would overshadow the other members of the Young Avengers. To me, mm. the most exciting version of the Young Avengers in the MCU going forward is one that is a Kang origin story. Just right. because what Jonathan Majors has given us as by playing Kang and Loki is such an exciting opportunity. Mm. And I think... Right now, for a lot of people, they're like, oh, so just kid event. People who haven't 
uh, been familiar <laughs> with the Young Avengers in the comics. They're like, so I'm just gonna see like Muppet Babies, but with it's Avengers. Like Playhouse like, Disney Avengers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't want that. Um, but it doesn't have to be that. These are mm. I think we'll know a lot more coming out of Hawkeye with Kate Bishop, right? Mm. And I think Ant Man the Wasp Quantumania is gonna give us some information when it comes to stature and with mm. Kang as a character. Right. I, I see a Young Avengers as a Kang adjacent title mm. than a Spider-Man adjacent title. Right, but I think right. it would really help that lineup if you could include like Miles Morales or, or Gwen Stacy in that oh kind of lineup. God, it's just, so it great. complicates what they can do with Young Avengers because those are all Sony properties, right? They can't just right. put out a Disney Plus series called Young Avengers if you need a spider thing to be part of it, unfortunately. Mm. Well, we're gonna discuss why Marvel is delaying all these 2022 and 2023 titles that we've been talking about. But first, thanks to our friends at Blue Chew for sponsoring this episode. Guys, mm. there's nothing sexier than confidence and Blue Chew can help give you that confidence where it counts. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And the process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you will receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, BlueChew can help you. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code InsideMarvel at checkout. Just pay the $5 in shipping. That's BlueChew.com. Promo code inside Marvel to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Bluechew for sponsoring this episode. We also want to thank Helix for sponsoring this episode. We all sometimes lose sleep binging a show or debating our loved ones over something from the latest Disney Plus show, but you shouldn't lose any sleep because of a bad mattress. Helix Sleep is a quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers i have a helix mattress i love it the quiz matched me with a medium firm mattress with lumbar support that sleeps cool the mattress ships right to your door for free no need to go to a mattress store or anything just go to helixsleep.com inside marvel take their two minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life they have a 10 year warranty and you'll get to try it out for 100 nights risk free they'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it but you will love it helix is offering up to 200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash inside marvel and we want to thank upstart for sponsoring this episode we can all wonder if we'd be worthy of wielding mjolnir but one thing we don't have to wonder about is whether we're credit worthy and again thanks to our friends at upstart upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online whether it's paying off credit cards consolidating high interest debt or funding personal expenses over half a million people have used upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment unlike other lenders upstart looks at more than just your credit score like your income, your employment history. This means that they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com marvel. That's upstart.com marvel. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com marvel. All right. MT, let's get back to our big Marvel news this week. Well, Eric, why 
Did Marvel delay its 22 slash, you know, 2023 titles? Because, like, that was a huge thing that happened the other day, and I was very upset. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's get to the details here. Disney announced in a press release on Monday that they're rescheduling their upcoming titles each by a few months. Mm. Uh, let's actually show the graphic here. So Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness moved from March 25th to May 6th, 2022. Mm. Thor Love and Thunder moved from May 6th to July 8th, 2022. Black Panther Wakanda Forever moved from July 8th to November 11th, 2022. Captain mm. Marvel 2, aka The Marvels, moved from November 11th to February 17th, 2023. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania moved from February 2023 to July 8th, 2023. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is staying at May 5th, 2023. <laughs> and yes. uh, now that the cast has been locked, James Gunn has begun production on it this week. They also removed the other titles that were previously scheduled for July 8th, 2023 and October 6th, 2023, but then moved up the unannounced title in November 2023 to November 3rd, 2023. We don't know what that movie will be yet. We got plenty of guesses though. For most of these titles, the delay ranges from like six weeks to a few months. And it's not that big of a deal ultimately. Like we're still getting three to four MCU movies per year with weekly Disney Plus series episodes in between. There's gonna be right. so much to watch and talk about. We're spoiled right now. We're getting them I know. Like every two months. I'm just months. so spoiled. I'm just like, yeah. oh man, oh, a few months of delay? Darn it. But like, we've been so blessed. So I need to Yeah, stop I think it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. But the question still is, why are they doing this? Right. Uh, reportedly, this has nothing to do with concerns over the openness of cinemas throughout 2022. I think Disney's mm -hmm. pretty confident they'll still do theatrical releases for all this stuff. And I don't think Marvel is afraid of sharing a month with the Batman. If anything, <laughs> they would be bullish about going head-to-head -head with a DC title because we saw them do that with the Marvels opening mm. a week before DC's The Flash in November. So, yeah, it's going to be fine. But interestingly, at the Eternals premiere, red carpet last night, an event that I was also at, but I did not witness Ooh. this happening. I had to watch it on Twitter <laughs> later like one else did. Uh, Kevin Feige downplayed all of this as you know, production shifts and changes. He's kind of like, mm. look, it's just six weeks, you know? And he's right. <laughs> but what does production shifts and changes mean? Like, which mm. production is shifting? Which production is causing this? Right. Well, let's look at them. Multiverse of Madness is wrapped, and I think is in little danger of missing its picture lock deadline in early March. I, I think mm. they're on schedule. I think we would have heard more. They've had plenty of time to work right. on this movie, you know? Yeah, it's been a while now. And I think the same for Thor Love and Thunder. But we have heard very little about Black Panther Wakanda Forever compared to these mm. other titles. And I think of all of these 2022 films, this one is getting the most significant delay of four months from July mm. to November. And I think that makes sense with all the work Ryan Coogler is having to do to reconfigure the script. It sounds like from page one. So, yeah, it makes sense that they're going to need some extra time on the back end of shooting that movie and getting right. it right. But I also think it's possible that Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania jumping from February 2023 all the way to July 2023, that's a big shift. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because they now see this title as an even bigger event with Jonathan Majors as Kang crushing mm. it and Loki. And Absolutely. I think they want that to be a big summer release. And maybe to give themselves the whole first half of the year in 2023 to release a Loki season two to explore mm. Kang more as a character. What do you think, mm. MT? That is probably very likely to be a factor here because, like, you know, they had no idea that people were going to love Jonathan Major so much. I'm sure they had an idea because they were there watching yeah, they him cast do that and, like, see, see, they're seeing it in real time on the set. So they knew that there was going to be something special. 
but like i just feel like the 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 reception was like crazy amazing and people loved it so much and like they just blew it out of the park with the actual finished product with editing that like it's just like yeah we're, we're all hyped for jonathan majors as kang i feel like they might be just rewriting that script like all right let's just let's just put a little more kang in here like just just yeah. kang it up it's not it's not too kang kangerous uh sorry i'm gonna do i'm done with the kang pops. never apologize i love that <laughs> Is that dangerous enough? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, there could be some other, like, maybe the maybe the VFX work on Multiverse of Madness needs six extra weeks. I don't think mm. so. I think <laughs> they'll be able to get it all done. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it's either Wakanda Forever or Quantumania. They want some time to do some more world building. Like, it's possible that they want to fit in a Young Avengers series in the first mm. half of 2023 as well that explores Nathaniel Richards as, as a boy, you know? Um, I I just think ultimately they realize they'll make more money if that movie releases in the summer than if it releases in February. Uh, And they feel confident in it. It's also possible that like they want to proceed the Marvels with a Secret Invasion series and then they need that to release Mm. late in 2022. Uh, I think that's what he means by production shifts. I think it's just somewhere in there and they're like, we don't need Multiverse of Madness to rush out in uh, March. We're going to make a crap ton of money from Eternals. So that will carry us over through the first quarter. I think we'll be okay. Let's let's just swing away at that one in May. Yeah, man. I, I I definitely do feel like this these delays will be in our best interest at the end of the day. I definitely feel yeah. like we're just gonna get better products, a better story being told. Like that maybe the the Disney Plus shows will coordinate better with the release of the movies to get us more excited. Just trust yeah. in Papa Kevin. Papa Kevin knows. And, what's going and guys, on. trust me. <laughs> Eternals is just a few weeks away. Ooh. That movie's going to give you a lot to talk about. And uh, and then a couple weeks after Eternals, we'll have like a Marvel Disney Plus day where they're going to announce all the stuff uh, that's going to be coming out on Disney Plus throughout 2022. I'm so excited. Mm. And I'm going to share now my non-spoiler review for Eternals, but in just a moment. Because first, we want to thank Adam and Eve for sponsoring this episode. Adam mm. and Eve has been helping folks have a good time in the bedroom for 50 years. That's multiple generations of freakiness. They've got a huge selection of toys of the adult variety, massage oil, even some naughty board games that you can play with your significant other. They also sell lingerie that you could definitely fashion as some very scandalous cosplay this Halloween season. AdamandEve.com is offering 50% off just about any item plus free shipping on your entire order. So what do you have to do to get your 50% off one item and free shipping? It's not hard. Well, it will be. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Low hanging fruit tastes even more sweet. Uh, And uh, all you got to do is just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, anything you desire. Just enter offer code MARVEL at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item. Go to adamandeve.com today. Select one item and get 50% off, including free shipping when you enter offer code MARVEL. That's M-A-R-V-E-L, MARVEL at adamandeve.com. All right, MT, what's next? All right, Eric, you, you got to tell us, what is your non-spoiler review for Eternals? Completely non-spoiler. Yeah, what? Uh, this is such a rare opportunity. This is the first time anyone from New Rockstars has been invited to like the opening night screening where they invite all the big influencers and, uh, and, and YouTubers and Twitter people. And so I got to bump shoulders with a bunch of people I've been seeing online uh over the past couple years and i was like wow it's it's weird to see you in person and uh (laughs) they're all so nice and it was just fun to like talk with these people in person after a movie 
You know, uh, it's I forgot oh, how cool man. that is, you know, where it's just like, what did we just watch? Like, that was, what did you <laughs> think about that? That was crazy, right? Um, and uh, there was a, a bit of a debate, like some interesting mixed opinions, some uh, mm. hot takes. I could say for myself, without spoiling anything, I genuinely enjoyed Eternals. Uh, I think it has some of the most impressive scale that I've ever seen in an MCU film. Okay. And all the the world-building concepts are just so well thought out and presented. Uh, the Celestials look freaking amazing. Yes! Uh, uh, now, I have to tell you guys, I'm someone who loves films like 2001 A Space Odyssey mm. and Contact. You know, I bring up these movies constantly. Uh, <laughs> Interstellar, uh, Tree of Life. You know, uh, I love it when movies just kind of depart uh, an intimate setting and just go out into the cosmos. Uh, <laughs> that's just my kind of story. Uh, I love the version of Prometheus that is in my head, not the one we actually got as much. <laughs> um, so coming from that place, I really, really dig Eternal's ambition and mm. really the way it completely reframes the MCU and everything that right. we thought that we knew. And Jeez. Uh, I'm also like a big drama nerd. Um, I minored in theater in college. I, that's how I spent all my time in high school was just like <laughs> pouring through old plays. And uh, this film at its heart is really a classic Greek drama. Mm. And in those kind of stories, you have the gods, the immortals, uh, or the eternals in this case, but uh, immortal characters just debating whether or not to intervene in mortal mm. affairs. I love that kind of debate. <laughs> I think it's so interesting. <laughs> Uh, so I've always loved this kind of story. I am so happy to see Chloe Zhao tackle it yes. in, uh, under the Marvel Studios uh, masthead. Uh, and I hope you all love it too. However, I don't expect this movie to please every Marvel fan, okay? Mm. So, you know, when I thought about this as I was driving home, I'm like, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who watched Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey and thought, what the f*** am I watching? <laughs> Why is this movie on an AFI top 100 movies? And I get it. I, I get it. You know, these movies are meant to be game changing and kind of paradigm shattering. Right. And if you watch it on some like dinky AMC screen in your hometown, <laughs> it might not speak to you. That's why I say watch this on the closest thing to an IMAX that you can. Yes. Have this music deafen you as you're watching it. I, I think it needs to be seen that way. If you're watching a movie about these like skyscraper celestials, you gotta watch it big. Go big or go home, homie. Come yeah. on. Uh, and it really will pay off the bigger mm. screen you see it on. It's not a perfect film. Like I think mm. some of the stuff gets lost in translation. For example, mm. the superheroics, they definitely have their moments. But as a Marvel film, you want to see the powers coolly executed. That's what Iron Man introduced in the 2008 film. It's just cool to watch these people's gear or their tech or their thwippiness or their Doctor Strange <laughs> spells or uh, or their uh, Black Panther suit or whatever it is, like, applied in badass ways. And this right. movie does have its moments, but a lot of it, I'll say, does feel a little on the underwhelming side. Like, mm. I personally don't find all the Eternals' powers all that interesting to watch in battle. Okay. I don't think that's this movie's priority at the end of the day. <laughs> Ultimately, I could watch Gilgamesh slap the shit out of a deviant on repeat. <laughs> that is awesome to watch. Each character gets, like, one really cool applause moment. So I think, right. you know, it satisfies that. But, like, Kingo's finger guns? I don't know. It just kind of feels like a joke that the movie isn't itself in on well those aren't the guns that we got to be focusing on on uh kamel nanjiani yeah we got to focus right on right right guns. right 
Exactly. Shred it. <laughs> like Camille's great in this movie, and he shines uh, bringing in uh, all of his uh, his one-liners. There's some lines where like he clearly improvised something that is when he's not off screen, he's just in the background <laughs> whining about something, and it's so funny. Uh, but the finger guns, it's like because they had to do so much VFX stuff, and because it, it felt like there was a misconnect between uh, the VFX artists who were having the mm. energy blast coming from his fingers and what Camille was often doing. He does have one really freaking cool moment, though. I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Um, but I think one of the things I was struggling with as I was watching is at times some of the cast seems to struggle a little bit to connect with the whole Greek drama debate at the heart of the film. Mm. Uh, that's not the case for all of them. Like Barry Keoghan crushes it in this movie. Uh, and he seems to be someone who just kind of has this innate ability to internalize really, really big themes okay. with just little micro deliveries that he does. And I think I would have loved to see 10 Shakespearean trained aficionados, uh, or even like I was thinking as I was driving home, like the cast of Succession, I'm obsessed mm. with the show Succession. <laughs> I think all of them, it's like the best cast on TV right now. Give it okay. to them. And if they were doing Eternals, it would be fascinating. Okay. It would be so weird, uh, mm. but awesome to see <laughs> some of those actors try to do this. Um, but I think ultimately it's just a tall order to ask mm. of most of the big movie stars working in Hollywood to be able to convey thousands of years of grief and life experiences in a single beat. <laughs> it's just really hard to do. I don't know how I would do it. Uh, what did that resume know, look like? It's like, do you have a thousand years right? of grief? Please come exactly. on in with audition. <laughs> I mean, Marvel's trying to do so many things with this lineup of 10 people. You know, mm. they're trying to serve so many different masters. And it's a Marvel superhero movie. You need star power. You need mm. diversity. You need comic relief. And all those things are really, really important. Um, so to also expect all of them to have, like, decades of training who could play these really weird gods. <laughs> you know? Like, it's a lot to ask for. And I was thinking, like, who could... Who could have pulled this off? And then I started to think, well, like Tilda Swinton, Oscar Isaac, Jeffrey Wright. I'm like, oh, they're already all in the MCU. They're already playing other characters. Uh, so I was thinking, like, uh, you would need someone like Keanu or like Yaya mm. Abdul Mateen, Sir Sharonin, Viola Davis. I think that guy from Squid Game, Lee Jung Jae, you know, like mm. there are the people out there, but like I get it. They're in high demand, you know? Yeah. Um, and hopefully they're in talks to play other characters in the MCU, like Keanu needs to be in the MCU 10 years Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, come on. Come yeah. on. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I went into this movie praying for celestial-driven mythology and MCU world building and Man oh Man MT. This movie delivers in space. Yes. Uh, it's so freaking cool to watch what they do and the layers of history they unfold and, and the new rules they establish. Uh, and there are some things that get revealed in this movie where I was like, like, oh, this is, I'm going to need some time to digest this. Like, I was like, did they just do that? Did they really just say this is a, this is MCU canon Oh my now? God. Yes. Um, I love those moments. Those are the best kinds of moments yeah. of the MCU. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, man, there are some post credit scenes. Some of the most exciting oh. twists I have ever seen following an MCU movie. But I, of course, I'm not going to spoil them. Do not ask me on Twitter to confirm or deny anything. <laughs> I'm Just don't. Like, I'm sorry if you were on Twitter and you saw something. Just assume everything's a lie until you see the movie. Seriously. I'm, I'm genuinely sorry there are some assholes who have already been tweeting it and reporting it mm. as if, you know, as if this is scoop-worthy news. Uh, they really did ruin some things for some people and ruin things for people like us who 
are lucky to get invited to see this stuff early and to have that privilege. And now I don't know if Disney's ever going to let you know, press see this again early, or they might do what Sony do, uh, did mm. and and show us a version of the film that doesn't have the post credit scenes attached to it, which would be a shame because that is such a big part of the joy as you're walking out of a theater. Um, but I cannot believe, I cannot believe people who claim to be major reporters and critics came out of that movie, waited one minute past the social media embargo, and immediately tweeted a spoiler. It's so frustrating to see that. And I hope those people are blacklisted and are never allowed to report on anything. Bro, that's just journalism without again. integrity, bro. Like, people trust sources, like, you know, that will not yeah. be named, to, you know, be reliable and to not spoil yeah. things. Like, spoilers are not news. That's the... Yeah, you just, exactly. You just spoil a spoiler things. isn't a scoop. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's and, not news. <laughs> Right. And these people knew how this would be spread on social media. Uh, mm. It was, it's a shame to see. And the, to be clear, I'm not naming them out of respect of them. I'm not naming them because I don't want people to go find them on Twitter and mm. see what they said. Right. Like, just don't. Like, just don't. Let your curiosity <laughs> stay buried for just a couple more weeks. Uh, like, I had seen some rumors uh, that people tweeted me before I, before Monday night, mm. and I just discounted all of them, you know? Uh, mm. But there were specific details about the rumors that I hadn't even heard of before that right. I got to see. And it was such a cool feeling to be genuinely oh, surprised uh, in those moments. So just trust me. Try it's going to be a rough two weeks, man. It's going to be rough. It's gonna be tough, <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. Uh, and I'll be there with you guys on November 5th. I'm going to go back there opening or November 4th. Whatever the Thursday night screening is, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at AMC Burbank. Uh, I want you guys all to be there with me. I'm going to be cheering this movie. I can't wait to rewatch it. Uh, and as you guys see it, what I'm going to be paying attention to even more is the music. Like, mm. listen closely. Ramin Jawadi, he's the Game of Thrones composer. He's the Westworld composer. Mm -hmm. He does some really cool stuff with organ. Like, it's like uh, interstellar organ shit is going on. Uh, he uses, during one battle scene, like, an electric upright bass. Like, <laughs> Like, it Yo. just sounds really cool. I don't know Bro. if it's electric. It might just be upright bass played like a rock guitar. I, I don't know. Bro. It sounds dope. I am a sucker for a good superhero movie soundtrack. Like, I yeah. literally view superhero movies as music videos for the like for the, just the soundtrack. So, like, I'm so excited. Ramin it's my Jawadi. favorite score since, um, since what uh, Ludwig Göransson did for Black Panther. Black Panther. Oh, my God. That's high praise because that man is yeah. a god. That man is like a music yeah. god, so wow. I mean, I so, cannot wait. Silvestri did uh, Infinity War and Endgame, uh, and then I can't remember what the scores really were for Ant Man, The Wasp, or Black Widow, or I mean, nothing against any of the other composers who do Marvel films. This one just really connected with me, uh, and it was just really fun to watch. Um, so, watch this movie on the biggest screen that you can. It is an epic. Uh, and let me know your thoughts on it after you see it, but no spoilers. Um, that's before, it for this after. episode. Yeah, before, not before after. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then after this movie comes out November 5th, we're going to be talking about it a lot. All right. Mm. So this is this is just what we do. We're like, don't expect us to give this movie like a month long spoiler window. <laughs> for, because everyone in the world is going to be talking about this on November 5th. And we're going to be part of that conversation. Um, so that's it for this episode of Inside Marvel. MT and I will be back every Wednesday to answer whatever your biggest Marvel questions are. Don't forget to check out our many great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow New Rockstars and subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye.